following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Shanto, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz, where we talk all things NFL. I'm your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the tenacious, the titillating, Tyler Dean. Tyler, we are uh, on the, well, it's the day of conference championships. Um, it is the morning of. We decided to, to record on a Sunday because uh, yesterday we had some business to take care of. We've got... Uh, Two wonderful children, one boy, one girl, it's been announced over here in the uh, the Freytown household. So uh, Landon Jeffrey and uh, Peyton Ashley are on the way. Tyler, it's exciting times over here, but we've got some excitement going on in the NFL. Um, I hope well, yeah, because more importantly than kids, we have Holy Divisional Round weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Divisional Round, right? The... Uh, the craziness of the divisional round came, uh, I, I mean, you know, I was amazed by the level of, of play that we got this last week as opposed to what we got during what was supposed to be Super Wildcard Weekend, which turned out to be Super Blowout Weekend. And this weekend, four games decided by walk-offs. I mean, one score or less. What an absolute brutal, brutal set of games. It was It was grueling. But uh, very entertaining. I, I was, I was, I, I think we were all on the edge of our seats, you know, the entire weekend, weren't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid wild. But we had a great time. I, I really enjoyed the, uh, the games that took place uh, this past weekend. A lot of fun. We've got some news around the league, Tyler, some big news within the last 24 hours. I, well, maybe. Big, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, it might be big. We'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> We we never know these days, but uh, first, Tyler, what do you think? We got to jump into these divisional round matchups. You want to jump in? Let's do it. All right, let's jump into the divisional round, starting with the Bengals and the Titans. Holy smokes, what a fun game. 19 to 16, the Bengals defeat the Titans. They get their second playoff win this season, and they move on to the AFC title game for the first time in what? It's been 30 years now? Yeah, I think it's been over over that for the title game. Yeah, um, yeah. Bengals just showing up and getting and just surprising the world right now. Yeah, a lot of stories going into this game. We had, I mean, you and I talked about it. I was excited about Derrick Henry coming back. This destroys my my Super Bowl prediction, at least for the AFC side. Uh, the Bengals wind up eliminating the Titans. They move on to the AFC title game. Uh, you know, we talked about Derrick Henry. And we, we talked about him showing up in this game and how I thought that he was going to be an X factor. But I think what we learned in this game is that if Derrick Henry shows up, the Titans aren't going to win. But if King Henry shows up, the Titans have things under control. And King Henry did not show up in this game, did he? He did not. And what's sad is I lost my uh, mix it out rushes Henry in yards and, and yards per carry by like four yards. <laughs> so yeah the the Bengals um they get it done I you know the big story of this game and a lot of people talk about the defenses and so on and so forth I just want to talk about Joe Burrow a little bit because you know getting sacked nine times 
And, and to be fair, you know, from a statistical standpoint, Joe Burrow did not play well in this game. But there were certain things that he did in this game that I was so impressed by. At one point during the game, his headset went out, and he was out there calling his own plays out on the field. Um, he, he drove downfield, got sacked nine times, still got the W. I, I mean, his, his offensive line was just getting him killed, and he still got it done. I, I mean, Joe Burrow, is he like getting because he's become one of the elite, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yes and no. Um, I, I, I think it's going to take more than than one de- one good season and a, and a decent playoff run to get me to fully say yeah because we've seen this before. And I'm not I'm not saying because I'm, I'm a big fan of Joe Burrow, right? But we've had the same conversation on a guy in the same state, just a little north in 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 Baker Mayfield. Yep. So until you can go out there and, and do it next year. I, I, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna say the jury's still out. Yeah, you need you need consistent seasons of work, right? And granted, I, I know me and you feel a little bit differently, but on on, on last season. But if, if we're going with with your route, on the opinion of last season, we're we're, we're one and one, not two and all. Right. As far as playing well, so he's got to go out next year and do it again. Yeah, he he's developed so well though, and for a guy to be able to come out like that, I gotta tell you, I'm impressed with the fact that you know he's he called his own plays. I mean. And, and wouldn't you know it, I mean, uh, a former New England Patriots coach has the headsets go out in the middle of <laughs> I mean, come on. But let's, uh, I, I think uh, Rabel's pulling one out of the uh, the Bill Belichick book, but I digress. Um, the Bengals still get it done. Evan McPherson, is he one of the best kickers in all of football at this time? I mean, I, I, a rookie well, coming out. As and- a rookie and having the game winner, it was really good. I mean, from an average perspective, it was good for a rookie, but it was middle of the pack for 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 the league. Yeah, eighty four percent this year, which yeah, is great for a rookie. A, great for a rookie. I mean, he was he has a great uh, um, talent for for kicking the deep deep uh, the deep ball there. He he those long field goals, he knocks them right through. I, I really do like Evan McPherson. I think he's going to develop in one of the best kickers in this league. I and, do too. And the confidence, you know, the, the I guess according to several reports, when that uh, field goal was set to be kicked, uh, set to be kicked, one, one thing that he said, he looked at Joe Burrow and he said, well, we're going to the AFC title game. And he walked onto that field. I love that swagger. It, I love it. It, it reminds me, oh, that swagger reminds me of Tuck. Yeah, it does. I love it. I love every little bit of it. And and the fact that this kid has come in and really taken the league sort of by storm. I mean, I know 84% is kind of middle of the pack, but you know what? He's had a damn good season for a rookie. Yeah, I agree. I, I like I like Pearson. I, I, I there's already reports that on um, that that he's the top three kicker of the league. They go like, well, let's back up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He I, had a very I, he had a very good season. He did. But, Let's not not get ahead of ourselves. I I hope that that he just continues to develop in in a way where his accuracy comes around a little bit more. I think it will. I mean, as a rookie, he's doing great. He's got he's got the uh, he's got the leg for it. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's got. He definitely has the power. Um, The the power that he kicks with it reminds me a lot of when Blair Walsh first started in the NFL when when he was blasting fifty yarders. Uh, We got to see a little bit of that out of McPherson this year. I'm impressed with the kids. So the Bengals. They get it done on his leg, really, and and Joe Burrow uh, uh, gets just enough to get past that Titans defensive line. For the Titans, also, that I got to tell you, their defense, man, they're amazing. That defense, you, uh, even even in the loss, they were were brutal to Joe Burrow. They were ruthless in this game, weren't they? 
Oh, 100 percent. Burrow could Burrow couldn't stay stay on his feet to save his life. Yep, and and I, I, is is Ryan Tannehill cooked at this point? I mean, he looks like he can't get anything done out there without. I don't I don't know about that just because. Look, look, let's remember though they were still winning a lot of games and, and secure the number one seed without Derrick Henry. So the, Tannehill has shown that he can go out there and play good football. Just this weekend was not that. It was not his week, definitely not. But the Titans fall out of contention. Next up, we've got the 49ers upsetting the Packers, 13 to 10. This one was really weird. What a weird, interesting, just crazy game. Uh, very defensive oriented. The Packers at one point had the lead ten to uh, ten to three. The Niners block a punt and walk it into the end zone, tie the game ten to ten, and then the Packers go three and out. The Niners march down the field and kick a last minute field goal, last second field goal for the win. I mean, what a defensive performance by the 49ers holding the Packers to ten points in a playoff game, right? And one of the, one of the most aggressive offenses in the league this year, and realistically, last week was was pretty defensive too. And the the Niners have gone out and beat the Packers' high efficiency offense, and last week beats the number one offense in football this year. Yep, this Niners defense is no joke. Yeah, and a lot of that is credit to D'Amico Ryan's, and and I think he is just a, an awesome defensive coordinator. Uh, he's he's a guy that, that hasn't gotten enough credit. He's out there interviewing for different positions as a head coach, which we'll get to shortly. But I, I think that defense, particularly the pass rush, one thing I want to point out is the Niners don't have a secondary right now. A lot of their guys are hurt in that secondary. Defensive backs, all their corners, all their safeties, they're all beat to shit. And they're still getting it done, that pass rush with, with Joey Bosa, as, as John Gruden would say, it's all about that pass rush, and that's that's kind of what it is. He's he's bringing the you know the Bosas and and all their linebackers and just just bringing the rain on these quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers had nowhere to go. He was he was running all over the place. It was it was just an amazing thing to watch. I, I was so just completely impressed with D'Amico Ryan's and the way he called that game. Yeah, and but to, to Aaron Rodgers' credit though, I mean the Niners defense did its job. But to Aaron Rodgers' credit though, despite the no touchdowns, which the Niners kept off the board, uh, yeah. Rodgers played efficient though. He did. He he, 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 he went out there and, and played about as good as you really can't, can expect anyone to play with the type of pressure that was being put on. Yeah, he was 20 for 29 for 225. He had a 99 QBR, so it wasn't a bad game for him uh, per se. But and, and really, he had two guys that really opened up the field for him. It was Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. Both those guys had nine receptions. He, he was hitting those guys all day long. Um, do you think this was Aaron Rodgers' last game as a Packer? As a Packer, yes. Uh, yeah, a lot of people are saying that. I think so, too. But the Packers get eliminated in a heartbreaker, 13-10. to 10. Is Aaron Rodgers a choke artist at this point? See, me and you feel a little bit differently on this one. I... I, I'm still staying no. Yeah. I, mean, I think I, I think Niners defense came out and, and just did its job. I, I, like, like I said, I think Aaron Rodgers always played the best he could, and, and a lot of like a lot of his interceptions have been these weird like hits the ankle, pops up, gets intercepted. Right. Like, Rodgers seems to be the king of bad juju though. Yeah, he he kind of and and Aaron Rodgers he and we'll talk about him a little bit, but he I, you know every time he gets into the playoffs I. He, I sort of feel for the guy, but at the same time, because he's a Packer, I don't feel bad for him. You know, as a Vikings fan, 
But, uh, you know, as great as he's been, you know, only one Super Bowl. The Packers have had 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterback play with only two Super Bowls to show for it. I mean, is that a kind of a condemnation on the Packers? Yeah, from that aspect, it kind of is. But it seems like they have this dark cloud that, that looms over them, and I, I, I can't pinpoint why. Yep, and I think they're going to be heading into a very dark place pretty soon, to be perfectly honest with you, um, with everything going on at that organization, and we'll get to that soon. Um, next up, the Sunday games. Uh, Rams go ahead and beat the Bucks 30-27. to uh, This was sort of Matt Stafford's swan song in this situation. It, the, the Rams, were they had very little time on the clock, the last second drive. Stafford throws a pretty 25-yard pass to Cooper Cup, and then bombs one out, and it was the most beautiful throw. And it seemed like that throw hung up there forever and a day, and then came down right in the breadbasket of Cooper Cup to to secure the Rams in field goal range. I was screaming at my TV to clock it, and uh, they got up, they clocked the ball, kicked the game-winning field goal. Matt Gay kicks it through, and the Rams get the W, 30-27. to was this Matt Stafford's swan song here? Is it is it finally Stafford time in you know in the NFL? Is it finally his time to win the, the Lombardi here? It should be, but like I just got done saying though, the team they're facing, yep, has beaten the last six straight times, yep, and has already um, neutered two teams who technically have better offenses. Yeah, I want to see if Matt Stafford can exercise the demon that is the the 49ers this upcoming week. It's going to be a fun one, and we'll talk about our predictions shortly, but. I thought Matt Stafford played himself a hell of a game uh, against the Bucks, and and Tom Brady he fought back to you know as hard as he could. I mean it, it was it was a typical Tom Brady. I'm gonna fight back and it, I'm. Gonna... It, I, I feel like a horror horror movie for half half that game. Um, yeah, the, the second half was was like oh but no. But I what I will say is so the first half Brady played horrid horrid. Mm-hmm. And but I'm not gonna say that Brady played like. Oh my God! Amazing football in the second half. Either a lot of a lot of what happened was self-inflicted wounds by the Rams. Yes, I agree. Now, granted, Brady did did what Brady does it and capitalized to a T on on those mistakes. But if Rams don't make make those mistakes, it, it, this game doesn't even, doesn't even become close. Yeah, this this game it was looking like a blowout for a while there. I mean, it, it was it was pretty ugly. We were looking at a 27-13 football game at one point. The Rams had the ball. They had a couple of nasty fumbles. Cooper Cup fumbled. Cam Akers fumbled. They were kind of getting into that quicksand situation. It was twenty-seven to three. Yeah, it was twenty-seven to three at one point. Yeah, I mean, but twenty-seven to thirteen, I think it was at the half, if I'm not mistaken. It's twenty-three at the half. Twenty-three at the half. Yeah. So I mean. It was it was looking like a situation. Oh, I'm sorry. At the end of the third quarter, it was 27-13. But um, no, I, I just look at uh, you know what what the the Buccaneers did in this game. Tom Brady threw the ball 54 times in this game. He only had one touchdown. He did have 329 yards. Uh, Leonard Fournette. He they only rushed the ball. They they got down early. What well, I feel like once you neutralized Leonard Fournette, things were were you know. It was going to get ugly real quick because Leonard Fournette not running the ball as well. He only rushed 13 times for 51 yards. He did get in the end zone twice, but he kind of neutralized him for a majority of this game. The the I, I agree with you though that the Rams they self inflicted wounds in this situation. It got a little ugly, but uh, you know they got it done. I'm really happy for the Rams. I I really hope that they are able to get it done in the NFC title game. Um, 
Matt Stafford really did look good. It depends what Rams team shows up this week, though, because the Rams, what we saw in the second half of this football game was very reminiscent of, you know, uh, uh, when the Rams didn't show up against Arizona and when the Rams, when they don't show up ready to rock and roll right off the get, the Rams get pounded. So I, I hope the Rams that showed up in week one against Tampa are the Rams we get to see this Sunday because that means we're going to have ourselves a really, really good game between that hot defense of the 49ers and that really great offense of the Rams, right? You hit the nail on the head in that one. Yeah, that's what kind of what I'm hoping for. And then the next game, which to, in my opinion, even though the Rams and Bucks game was super exciting, I think this last game was probably the game of the whole freaking weekend, believe it or not. Bills and Chiefs, Chiefs beat them 42 to 36 in overtime. What an absolute crazy game. I mean, just insanity. The Bills, at the, I mean, first of all, let's talk about Gabriel Davis. Four touchdowns in this game, over 200 yards. I mean, I was saying, and and I want to point this out. I'm gonna I'm gonna give myself a little pat on the back here because I was saying in this offseason, Gabriel Davis was a good receiver and he was underutilized in this this Bills system. Forget Emmanuel Sanders. Gabriel Davis should be the number two. And Gabriel Davis comes out with eight receptions for 201 yards and four touchdowns. It was. Like, an absolute beautiful showing. Is Gabriel Davis the new number two over there behind Steph Diggs? Not yet. You don't think so? One game isn't, isn't enough for me to say you were right on that one. I mean, we just, we just had Danny Amendola on the, on the top ten in the, in, the, in the week that we, we didn't do a top ten. So, I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad player, but players can have can have shades of greatness. Do you do you think that Gabriel Davis? I, I think he's capable. I think this this now, okay now now capable. Yeah, I think he's fully capable of taking that number two spot very easily because the number two slot there is not taken by a very talented person at this stage in their career. Right. I, I think Gabriel Davis should be the number two there. I think this this kind of opened a lot of people's eyes to go, wow, we have had we've had this Gabriel Davis guy on the field for a long time, and we've we've hardly we've used him as a number four, and now he comes out with a game like this. It, that should have opened a lot of people's eyes, especially when Steph Diggs is only going three receptions for seven yards. You know, it, I think that that says a lot. Steph Diggs got shut down in this game. And and Josh Allen, to his credit, was able to find other options and other weapons to make things happen. Is Josh Allen an elite quarterback in this league at this point? Yes. I believe so, too. I think you hit the, you hit on this guy right away in the draft. You were 110% right. He looked damn good in this game. He drove his team downfield, took a three-point lead, and then the Chiefs with 13 seconds on the clock. And this is how good Patrick Mahomes is. With 13 seconds left on the clock, Patrick Mahomes drives downfield, kicks a field goal to tie it, takes it to overtime, and... Now we got to discuss the overtime rules because the Chiefs, it, it kind of became a situation where whichever team won the coin flip was going to win this football game. Because it, and on one end to shame on both teams' defenses. Both, neither defense got off the bus. I agree. I agree. Ne- neither team did a, did a good job in that situation as far as, as their defense goes. But looking at how the Chiefs drove downfield, 
we knew right away it was like, oh, God, whoever wins the coin toss here is about to win this football game because neither defense could stop a nosebleed. And here comes the Chiefs. They go downfield. They score a touchdown. Game over. Do we need to revisit it? Here's the thing. I'm going to say this about the overtime rules because I, I keep hearing the, the um, you know, a, a lot of different things being said about how the overtime rules should go. Number one, yes, I'm okay with changing the overtime rules where each team gets a possession. But the moment that we start talking about it with the college rules is the moment, in my opinion, for me, the discussion's over. Because I don't think the college rules should apply here. I think we should be kicking the ball off. We should just be treating it like an extra quarter. And then if it, if it goes beyond that and you're still tied after the fifth quarter, then we go to, to sudden death. But but having a a um, having a situation where we're we're you know having a sudden death right off the rip like that, I I, I don't know. I'm not a fan of it. I I think we just we need to change things around. I I don't know what your thoughts are on it. I I, I like the idea of college rules plus. Well, and what's the plus? Um, each team starts off with the ball at their own 25. You shouldn't be guaranteed to get the field goal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's overtime, um, so I'm okay with taking the kickoff out of it. Or, 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 or you know what? I mean, just to kind of keep us on the same page, you, you can do a kickoff for both those possessions and wherever they happen to happen. Usually it's touchback anyway. Right. Um, and then for, for three straight rounds, you, you just like college, or I think college is two, but you, you do like you start, start the ball, you're on 25, you drive. And if it's still tied after those three possessions, I have this extra cool rule that I, I don't think it'd go over, but it would get intense. Well, you know how in, in college they, they, they move to the two-point play? Yeah. In football, it's kicker time. Oh, okay. So, so. After, after three tied possessions, so I mean, that's, getting past that point is going to be rare anyway. Yeah. Um, you start off with the ball on the 30-yard line, full kicker's kick. They make it, you move it to the 40. Fifty. Oh, wait, like a shootout. <laughs> if they both, if they both, both miss, you move it up five yards. Yep. That put that 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 would put a new importance on uh, having a good kicker. Yeah. Yeah, it would. And granted, I'm a little biased towards wanting to do that because I actually have a good kicker. But I think if you if you ever got to the to the kicker shootout, it would be the most intense portion of football anyone's ever watched. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would be. It would make for a good time. I, I would. Uh, I, I'd be having flashbacks to 1999. You'd have. You'd have. A, you, if Vikings ever got to the shootout phase, you'd, you'd just have a canoe, of your neck just ready. Yeah, I'd have a meltdown. I really would. It would be awful. But the, uh, you know, the, the overtime will be revisited. The Bills are pushing for that for the offseason stuff and, and the winter meetings and whatnot and the, the spring meetings. So we're gonna we're gonna see all that. But uh, at the end of the day, we have our conference championship round set for today at 3 p.m. Bengals and Chiefs and 49ers and Rams at 630. I'm, I'm super stoked about it. And and those are your scores around the league. You know, I did have one more thought on the Chiefs here, though. I was thinking what? about it. Um, So we were talking about how Gabriel Davis um, could emerge as the new number two. But I think the Chiefs have a guy that's going to emerge as the new number two as well. What, Miko Hardman? No, I mean, Miko Horvath has always been the official too, but I think there's a guy that's better. I mean, stat line, he wasn't there, but watching him play last week, like, this guy's good, and that's Byron Pringle. Yeah, Byron Pringle's been getting a lot of looks from uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes recently. And and I noticed it in the, the, the latter half of the season. Uh, when, when we got down past week eight, 
he really started um, targeting Byron Pringle, especially in the red zone. You would see Byron Pringle walk, walk into the end zone, and, and he likes targeting him in the back of the end zone on these crossing routes. And it seems like every every game or every other game, he's targeting him that in that position. I do like Byron Pringle a lot. Uh, I think right now he's he's technically I think he's the number three, but three you know four, yeah, uh, yeah. He should he should at least be the number three if he's uh, you know I I think that's where he should be. I do like Byron Pringle a lot. I I'm with you on that. He's he's a good player. And and he's still young, if I'm not mistaken. I, I think very he's young. Yeah, I think he's in an early, his early twenties. I mean, the Chiefs hit on another guy. You know, I mean, that's that's what they're good. They're good at. They're good at identifying um, young players. So that'll that'll be what it is. But those are your scores for the divisional round. Now, Tyler, we've got some news around the league. Um, I'm going to go ahead and we're, it's. I know it's a little early in the show. But I'm going to go ahead and give us a quick break here for a word from our sponsors, and then we'll be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's, or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Ladies and gentlemen Ladies and gentlemen Are you ready? Are you ready? Get ready, y'all Get ready And welcome back to Outside Blitz I'm your host, Tyler Dean Hooray! Or maybe we're back, or maybe maybe ESPN early announced that we're back. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> that, but we'll, we're going to jump into that right now because holy smokes, Tyler, what a crazy news week in the NFL! And there is an elephant in the room that he might not, we, no, he, he might not be in the room, but he <laughs> might still be in the room. He might not. He might still be in the room. We're not. We're never quite sure. But uh, we. We're going to be, be jumping in. I'm your co-host, the, the, the fabulous Scotty Freytown. Um, you know, Tyler, it, it, it's an interesting thing when a news story shows up that is so huge like this one. So the Bucks and former Patriots quarterback, Tom Brady. The the man oh, who former you're you're du- you're doubling down right now. I am. I well, if I said <laughs> former Patriots quarterback, so, okay. so but here's the thing: this news story shows up yesterday on Saturday that says quarterback Tom Brady is set to retire after 22 seasons, um, and and the media breaks this story and and it's all over the place. And Tom Brady apparently gets very pissed off about it, and <laughs> he was not happy. And now apparently it's up in the air after the media broke the story about Brady about Brady retiring he, because he wanted to tell the world. And in turn, there is a lot of speculation about whether or not he is actually retiring. 
Uh, so we're not sure if Tom Brady is actually retiring. I still think he is, to be honest. I, I don't think he – it would be the most spiteful Tom Brady thing ever if he did come back. But he's all pissed off. His agent says, well, Tom will tell everybody when Tom's ready, and Tom will tell everybody what his decision is. And, and you know, it, Bruce Arians came out and said nothing has been verified yet about Tom Brady retiring, and he still doesn't know, and we don't know. And, uh, you know, it, it, a lot of speculation. I still think he's going to be, re be retiring. There's a lot of news sources, including the NFL. NFL.com has come out and said Tom Brady is officially retiring after 22 seasons. But now it's all up in the air. What is your take here? Do you think we're going to see Tom Brady uh, um, in next season, you know, playing for the Bucs? I mean, what what is your take on all this? You know, so he said he was going to play until he was 45. Yep. He'll be 45 in August, which means technically if he played next season, he'd be playing through 45. So I, if he retire right now, it'd be exactly what he said he was going to do. Right. And I, mean, I think he fully did plan on retiring. I think this whole I, – I could really see him saying, you know what, I, I didn't get to do it on my terms. I'm playing one more season. Fuck him. Yeah, and then I'm going to do it on my terms. And and he wants to have that one more year in the sun. I, I think he – you know, he got eliminated a, a little early um, in, in these playoffs. And, and I really think in this situation – so Rob Gronkowski came out, you know, this past week as well and said – if he had the choice whether or not to retire right this instant, he would probably he would lean toward retirement. I think he's waiting for Tom Brady's decision. That's I what think I think so too. I, I think he's waiting for Tom Brady's decision. I think they're gonna be a package deal. Brady retires, Gronk retires. And and I think they both go home and they're done. It, it's been a good run for Tom Brady if he is retiring, 22 years in the league. He's by and far considered by most people the GOAT. I'm still among that group where I believe that there should be an asterisk next to his name that says, you know, that stands for Deflate Gate, Spy Gate, Part One and Two, uh, Tuck Rule, um, the the robbery in the AFC title game for the for the Jags getting the fumble that they brought back for a touchdown. I mean, all that stuff. I, I really do think there should be that, you know. And Tom Brady left the Patriots to go to, you know, one of the most fully loaded teams in the NFL. I'm still among that group, but. Is he going to be by and far considered the goat amongst you know everyday fans and and people that you know aren't about to nit nitpick you know yeah you know he is and everybody's going to call him the goat and that's fine I still don't think he is but hey what the hell do I know I'm just one person but at the end of the day he will go in the record books as the greatest of all time and and good for, good on him um, but yeah 22 years in the league what is Tom Brady's legacy in this league Tyler. Um, see, I, I'm with you on a few of the asterisks, but even once you take away the few asterisks, I, I, I still, he's still sitting there that, that probably that four mark for me. So like, I'm, I've willingly ex ex accepted the, uh, swallowing that pill on, on him being the greatest of all time. I'm not happy about it, but yeah. I, I, I think his last, his last Super Bowl with New England and the one he beat the Rams and the one with the Bucks, like I, I throw my hands in the air. Like you know what, he he went and did it. Yeah, uh, he's and to be playing at the level he is 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 impressive as all hell. And and then, then there's there's that too. I mean, he he's he's on the cusp of another uh, MVP season. Um, whether he wins it or not, it almost doesn't even matter. He's 44 years old. Right. And he's, uh, and he's out here out playing. Um over half the league. Yeah, he he said uh faith and fatherhood were going to determine whether or not he returns for the tw uh, 2022 season 
Um, we, we don't know if faith and fatherhood are, are going to be winning out in this situation as opposed to the media just pissing him off. But <laughs> that's um, kind of what it is. And, and like we said, Gronk is, is just unsure if he's going to return for the Bucs. Um, he, he came out and flat out said, you know, I don't know if I'm going to return, but I, like I said, I think he's waiting for Brady, you know, to go ahead and say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm leaving. So see you later. And, uh, that we're, now we, now we're sitting on, you know, we're waiting with bated breath to see what exactly we're going to be dealing with here as far as Brady's retirement. I'm just, uh, refreshing uh, my Twitter every every, uh, couple minutes here just to see if we get news. Yeah, yeah. Then again, now we now we can't trust the news. So yeah, now now we can't trust anybody. So and and that we'll we'll find out. I'm sure. But we also had a couple more retirements around the league. Um, first of all, the the lesser one, uh, the Steelers' defensive coordinator Keith Butler retired after seven seasons as the defensive coordinator. He was with the organization for 19 years. Um, what's your take on this, Tyler? I th- always thought the Steelers had a pretty good defense around the league. They've always been middle of the road to upper in the pack. Uh, higher in the pack now you know he's taken off do you think this is going to negatively impact that Steelers team no they're going to figure it out they always do they because they 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 got it figured out after uh they lost their longtime D coordinator a few years back I can't remember his name yeah yeah he he's um I, I forget his name but they they did figure it out I think Mike Tomlin is more of a defensive mind than anything and I really do think Mike Tomlin is going to have his work cut out for him uh, moving into this season because not only is he going to have to get a defensive coordinator, but now they are – Nick LeBeau. Yeah, Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger retires after 18 seasons. Um, one of the best of all time. I believe this guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer as well. I, yeah, if Brady um, remains, him and, him and Ben are going to headline that class. Oh, easily. Um, Ben had himself a hell of a career, 18 seasons in the league. The last two seasons were a little rough ever since he had the elbow injury. Um, it was, it was kind of downhill from there, but big Ben retiring. I I expect him to be about 400 pounds by the time he he (laughs) NFL hall of fame. Don't you? Maybe, (laughs) but yeah, Ben, he's, you know, he's had a good career. It's uh, the, he led the Steelers to what? Two super bowls. I mean, he, it was a great legacy, and and every year Ben Roethlisberger put up great numbers. Um, he's always been a solid quarterback, and and the last two seasons, like I said, it was a little rough. I mean, I know everybody's going to go, oh, they went eleven and zero last season against Pee Wee squads, but you know, uh, he he is a good quarterback, and he, he's he was a great quarterback when he in his prime, and um, I thought the Steelers got got a a, a big one there when they, they drafted him and now they're looking down, they're staring down the barrel of, of Dwayne Haskins. They've, they've applied the first round tender on, on Dwayne Haskins. First round tender. Are, are, is this real life right now? Yeah. They applied a, the first round tender on, cause he was a first round pick. So they got to apply the first round tender on him. They don't have to, they can apply anyone they want on him. Yeah. Well, that, he, was re- well he was released. So that, that, none of that matters anymore. I think they have to apply whatever tender that he was, he was drafted for. I think that's how it works, but, but he was, he, they applied the first round tender to him. And, and so he's a restricted free agent. I think they're going to wind up bringing him back, but, um, and obviously nobody's going to pick up Dwayne Haskins for a fucking first round pick. I mean, I, I think they're nuts, but apparently I, it looks to me like the Steelers think that Dwayne Haskins is going to be their guy next year. Doesn't it? I don't think they think, I think they know that, uh, He's probably better than Mason Rudolph, and I'm inclined to think that too. 
I don't think he is. I don't think and he I, is. And, I, and, and, and this is more of – and, and I, trust me, I, I, I hate Haskins, but this is more of a testament of how much I don't do not like Mason Rudolph. Like, I don't like Mason Rudolph as much as the next guy, but I think he's more capable than Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins is fucking terrible. But – I think from a from a dollar's perspective, it makes more sense to keep Haskins because Mason Rudolph is on a, is on a contract now, and you're going to have to pay him. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that too. So I mean, it, it just it, it's an interesting situation. I really hope for the Steelers' sake and Mike Tomlin's sake that they're not actually considering going into next season with Dwayne Haskins because I believe that that's going to be a complete shit show. Um, it's just going to be a mess, just a mess. So I, we'll, we'll see how they, they deal with that. But Ben Roethlisberger, no longer in the league. He is officially retired as of this past week. Um, now, the Ravens had some moves going on here. The defensive backs coach, Adam Le- or the defensive back, rather, Adam Levine, retiring after 12 seasons. Um, how does this affect your secondary over there in Baltimore, Tyler? Um, it, it does and it doesn't. He's been around a long time. He's always kind of been that journeyman. He's never been the starter. Right. I mean, he's always kind of been that um the guy that comes in and subs in, but he's been very good in, in that role. And yeah, he's gonna come on to the Ravens staff as as an assistant, like which is a is a good move. I think he's a guy that understands the game, so I'm, I'm happy about that. It, it kind of reminds me of like of like Leftwich in a way when he first started coaching. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what it is. I mean, he's he's always been a, a really solid uh, uh kind of, like you said, uh, sort of a journeyman backup. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say that he's a, a stud, but I'm also not going to say he's bad either. He's, he's, he's always been a, a good fit for the role he's done. Yeah, and that veteran presence, I'm sure, was was very nice for the Ravens to have, you know, uh, dealing with some of the younger guys that, that you guys drafted and whatnot. Um, apparently, he had he had a hand in developing and helping develop some of your, your defensive backs, some of which are really good guys like Chuck Clark, who has turned out to be a stud. So, I mean, I, I think... Um, you know, the Ravens lose a good one here, but we'll see if they're going to bring him in as a, a defensive back coach or or what they're going to do with him. But he has retired from the NFL officially. But the other one is, is that uh, you guys went out and fired your defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale. We talked about that last week. Um, and you found his replacement. You hire University of Michigan defensive coordinator, and- Mike McDonald, and he's a former Ravens guy. Uh, he was on, on John Harbaugh's staff in, what, 2019? Uh, from 14 through through 19. Yeah, well, actually, it was 14 through 20 um, as defensive yeah. coordinator, and, and now he's going to replace Wink Martindale um, So as the defensive coordinator. I like Which, this. Yeah, and we we talked about Wink last week, and uh, but what we didn't what I what we didn't talk about in the show, but, but me and you talked about prior is I called this. Yeah. Before yeah, any of the news broke, I called it. Yep, and and, and this this was a smart hire. I like this hire a lot. Um, judging by by how the University of Michigan's defense looked this year, uh, which I I thought they were really great in a lot of different positions. They were they they did have certain times when it when it was time to be bend but bend but don't break. They they did they bent but they didn't break. They didn't break at all. And and now he's going to bring that type of philosophy over to Baltimore. And they were very hard nosed defense, really good against the run. Um, they they had a really solid defensive ends that that like to bring like like to rush the quarterback a lot. Obviously, Aiden Hutchinson's getting ready to go one of the top spots in the draft. I'm pretty fired up about this. I, I think it's a really good hire, and, and you know I think a lot of this is it's gonna gonna really help uh, that Ravens defense kind of come back to their former glory because it was not a good 
performance for the Ravens. And I understand you guys had some injuries over there, but I don't think it was a very good defensive performance for you guys, was it? No, it definitely was not. We ranked 25th, which is really the lowest you've ever been. Yep. But like I said last week, I don't I don't put that in wink. I mean, we were we we were hurt. I mean, it's like we said, next man up only works a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. But the re- the, the thing here, the chatter within fans and some inside sources is so. I'm going to bring another news article. I'm sure I'm sure you have it somewhere. Is Ravens are also working on an extension from John Harbaugh. Yes, they are. But let's keep in mind, John Harbaugh's 59 right now. Yep. At a certain point, coaches walk away. I don't think John Harbaugh walks away. I think he's going to get to that that uh, Pete Carroll level here, to be yeah, honest. And that's very well possible. Yeah. Um, they're, they're working on an extension. I think it'll be another five-year extension. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he retires. I, don't, I think he's going to stick around like Pete Carroll until he's like 75. <laughs> in the case that he does in five years from now. Um, yeah. There's a lot of chatter that uh, they, that um, Mike McDonald could be the one groomed to take over. And and that wouldn't surprise me at all because Mike McDonald had been waiting. And, and to his credit, he had waited for a long time for that that uh, that defensive coordinator position. He had been waiting for uh, Mike McDonald finally got his promotion. He, he took off for a little bit. And I, I think that was a, a little bit of that Harbaugh connection. John saying, well, hey, my brother Jim's over there at the University of Michigan. Why don't you be the defensive coordinator over there? And then, uh, you know, if, if things don't work out with Wink here, then then I'm going to go ahead and bring you in as my D.C. And it, it really worked out nicely for the for the Ravens on that Harbaugh connection. It, it, it was really a, a solid move by them. Um, and they, and they, see, they, I, I almost feel like he left knowing Wink had one year left. I think the, the leave was mutual. Yeah, I think I think it was just smart. It was just a smart I, play. I think he always knew that he was coming back to Baltimore as a D.C. going in 22. I, I think everyone knew. That Martindale um had one more year left. I think it was a mutual co- sort of sort of quasi retirement. Yeah, yeah, sort of in a way. So I I mean Wink Wink gets shit canned and and you guys get your new DC. I like it a lot, and uh, it it I think it worked out for the best for you guys. I think this no, is- I, I'm I'm loving it. Yeah. A lot a lot of people are concerned about it. But I mean, anyone's concerned about it. it hasn't done enough research to know who this guy is. Yeah. Because he's been riddled all the way through this team. He's been he's been the defensive backs coach. He's been the linebackers coach. He's been the end coach. Yeah, yeah. And then that hire leads me to a lot of the stuff going on in the Vikings camp right now. So this past week or earlier this week, the Vikings hired the former Cleveland Cleveland, Cleveland Browns executive director of personnel, Quasi Adolfo Mensa, as the new general manager. You got him on a four-year, twelve million dollar deal. Um, which I, three million per year? I think that's a pretty good deal, actually, for for the Vikings signing a general manager to and with a, and and it was a fair deal given the fact that he's a first time general manager. So they bring him in. Um, you know, to be honest with you, I'm not uh, so excited about this hire. Um, and and the reason I'm not so excited about this hire is Ryan Poles did. Uh, he was kind of my leading guy. I really wanted Ryan Poles to be our our. Uh, general manager and and we failed to get him um and and i'll talk about ryan poles in a minute here but uh, he was from the kansas city chiefs but we do wind up with quasi adolfo mensa and a lot of people are very big on him um i have i had a lot of questions about quasi adolfo mensa but here we are he we we got him in and and uh it was there was a lot of speculation throughout the course of the week it was it was kind of funny but I knew he was signing right away when a video emerged on Twitter of him leaving the Vikings facility. 
And as he's leaving the Vikings facility, you can hear the lady inside go, I'll cancel your flight. (laughs) So you knew right off the rip, oh, this guy's getting hired. But uh, he gets hired, and uh, then he, he starts making his first moves. Now, this is where the that connection comes in with the University of Michigan and what we were just talking about. The Vikings had an interview yesterday with Michigan head coach and 40, former 49ers head coach uh, Jim Harbaugh for the vacant head coaching position. I'll be honest, I really like this this move. I think he's more suited for the pros, don't you? Um. Uh. Look, I know I, you're not big on Jim Harbaugh because I just I'm just big on the fact that he inherited a good team. You and, know, I don't, I don't even think he inherited a good team. You and, and a, a toddler could have gotten that team to the Super Bowl. I disagree with that. The San Francisco because Niners, he wins a Super Bowl if if he if he does a good coaching decision and puts Alex Smith in the game. Well, and I don't even know about that either. You know, here's the thing about the 49ers that year: they they weren't a good team. They were, and and they the they had top five offense, top five defense. Right, but the the year before they were garbage. But they, there's no changes in the roster. They have the same team. They, they have the same team, but a, a different scheme. And this guy turns it around. And I think that's kind of what we're looking at. Okay, he's a good coordinator. What was that? I think he's a good coordinator. I think he's. A, I don't he's a, think he should be a head coach. I, I think he's a good head coach. I think he understands the offensive and defensive side of the football. The the San Francisco defense went to be one of the top defenses in the entire league when he when he took over and actually changed what they were doing. Um, he, he really changed a lot of things and it seems like everywhere he goes and we saw the same thing this year in the university of Michigan and really uh, most of his years with the university of Michigan, these last five years, his defense has been good and he's been doing it really well with some really bad quarterbacks. I think he's a good fit for a guy like Kellen, Mons, to be perfectly honest with you. If he comes in and Kellen, Mons, well, you know, he's clearly not good for young quarterbacks. He didn't know how to coach quarterbacks because he had bad quarterbacks and can't find good quarterbacks. Well, it, it, he's that, the opposite of quarterback whisperer. Oh well, I do too. I think he did really well with Alex Smith, and he did really well. Uh, yeah, those Ka- are, he, Kaepernick. I'll give you. Alex Smith was a seasoned quarterback. He didn't find him. Alex Smith was already a good quarterback. He wasn't found, but Alex Smith was on the brink of being released before he came walking in. That's that's the thing about it. Alex Smith was garbage. He was he was absolute hot garbage. He was he was busy on the sidelines having pissing matches with his head coach on Monday Night Football. And then next thing you know, Jim Harbaugh comes in and turns it around with Alex Smith with him throwing bombs. I mean, and and his I, first season was the season with Jim Harbaugh, though. Alex Smith's first season wasn't the first season with Jim Harbaugh. Yes, it was. No, because Alex Smith was busy on the sidelines having. Oh wait, no, I, I'm looking at it backwards. Never mind. Never mind. I'm wrong. Yeah, I was going to say he was on the on the sidelines having a screaming match with with former uh, head coach Mike Singletary. But uh, my point here is, I, I believe Harbaugh is is able to turn it around. I think he's I, I think he's perfect for the current situation, especially in the current state of the Vikings right now, where they're they're kind of in flux. You don't know what they're going to do. Quazy's out, he's got a connection with Jim Harbaugh with San Francisco because Quazy was with San Francisco before he went to Cleveland, um, and and they know each other quite well. I think this is this is it could be a good hire. Um, and I think it's no, good- and, and it and it could be. I, I I'm just I'm just not. And and, and uh, let me back up a little bit. I, I always- Jim Harbaugh is a good coach, but I don't think it. I I think he's still got stuff to prove to prove that he's he's an elite coach. Yeah, and and do I think he's elite? You know, I I the jury's out. You know, I I don't think. But he's- it is a situation in which he's going to a team that's already Super Bowl ready. 
What, my team? Get a quarterback in your Super Bowl ready. I disagree with that as well. You win uh, a Super Bowl if you had any other coach this year. Any I, other coach. I don't know your about team that. team is stacked. I, no, they're not stacked. There's There are problems on this football team. There's only 44 players rostered. The team isn't stacked. You don't have any corners. You have Harrison Smith as your one lone safety. You're going to have to stick Cam Bynum, who is a fifth-round pick. Anthony Barr's going out the door. Uh, you have a rookie linebacker who barely played in Chaz Surratt that's getting ready to come in and play. You have Eric Kendricks, who declined its last season. You but got, you ain't rebuilding. You have two defensive tackles that underperformed. You have uh, Daniil Hunter that's fresh off an injury. You have DJ Wanham starting at defensive end on, on the right-hand side. So your whole defense is, is hot garbage. You have no offensive line. The, the, you have one guy that is always healthy, that's ready to go, and Justin Jefferson. And then you've got an iffy quarterback in Kirk Cousins. You've got Irv Smith Jr. coming off a torn ACL. You got Adam Thielen, who's an aging receiver, who's always hurt. You got uh, Dalvin Cook, who can't complete a season and is always hurt. Alexander Madison is a good backup, but that's about all he is, is a good backup that's good for about two or three games a year. The The Vikings need to fix a lot of things, and they're $8 million, Well, it, it, depending on who you talk to and who, what report you read, they're anywhere from 8 to $12 million over the salary cap with only 44 players rostered. So I look at a situation where Jim Harbaugh, he's kind of, and this is was a similar situation with the 49ers. They were a 3-13 and 13 team, if I'm not mistaken, before he came walking in through the door. And now he's going to go ahead and come into a team that was 7-9, and nine, but really was iffy at best, and they were beating teams that were bad, but they really didn't have any quality wins outside of the Green Bay win, which we've split with Green Bay the last two years. So I have questions about whether or not uh, um, the Vikings are Super Bowl ready. I, I, I damn, damn, for damn sure don't think they're Super Bowl ready. But he's good at turning teams like this around and making them competitive. And that might be the situation. You get rid of Kirk Cousins, you might be starting Kellen Mond. And we might have a situation where, where he's – dealing with Kellen Mond and building and, and grooming and developing Kellen Mond, something that Mike Zimmer refused to do because Mike Zimmer, he straight up hates young players. He just does. He hates young players. He hates you know, rookies. He he screams at rookies. He he. I mean, we saw what he said about Kellen Mond in that, that interview after the game of, well, why didn't Kellen Mond, after the game against Green Bay in week, week 17, oh, why didn't Kellen Mond start? Oh, do you think he'll start? No, I don't think he'll start. Well, why not? Well, I see him every day. Well, what the hell? Yeah, that, that was a that was a dumb. They should have definitely put Kevin Mond in that game. Kellen Mond should have been in that game without Kellen question. Mond is is one of the one of the. He was a third round pick. You got him for a reason. Just see what the kids got. See what the kids got. You don't know what he's got. So that was it. Was a dumb decision. But Jim Harbaugh. He might wind up being in a situation where he's working with them, but there are, are other head coaches or coordinators that have hired uh, that have um, interviewed for the job. Um, they've requested. So here's one where I I really got fucking pissed off. I told you off the air. I said, and you and and Alex and Andrew and Ray. I, I told all you guys, the the Vikings have requested and they they did interview Giants defensive coordinator Patrick Graham for the head coaching position. I hate this this one. The Giants' defense was 23rd in the league last year. Like, Tyler, what are they thinking? <laughs> well, 
Well, it sounds like they're it, it's down to three though, because they got they got um, D'Amico Ryan's and Kevin O'Connell coming in for second interviews. Yeah, and they they also um, have their it's it's down to well, I think it's down to four. I think you're talking about Kevin O'Connell. I do think you're talking about Raheem Morris, um, D'Amico Ryan's, and and obviously Jim Harbaugh. I think those are the four that that you should really be looking at. But it's I think they're really leaning toward. Um, I, I uh, Raheem Morris being out of the question. I think it's yeah because they're listing Demico Ryan's and Kevin O'Connell as the two finalists, but then yeah. now now Jim Harbaugh's in the mix. Yeah, and now Jim's in the mix. So I, I think the, those three are your your big choices. I don't mind any of those choices, but the fact that they had Patrick Graham come in for an interview, even for an interview, makes me question Quazy's decision making at that point. But well, didn't well, they requ- didn't they request him before he quit? Quazy got the got the uh, GM spot. No, they requested him after it was it was the day after. It was his first move as general manager was to take a look at Patrick Graham. I don't understand it. The only way that to and for the people who don't know who pra- Patrick Graham was, Patrick Graham was the guy who was responsible for the Miami Dolphins tanking. You know, a, a, a few years ago when they they had the thirty second ranked defense, he was the defensive coordinator responsible for that. Um, his highest ranked defense when in his tenure in the NFL was 16th. Um, last year, he, the Giants defense was ranked 23rd. I just think that's messy. I, I don't. I don't want anything to do with Patrick Graham. I think that's just a. a to be honest, I think it's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to touch it. So that is uh, what's going on in the Vikings camp right now. Hopefully, we'll know in the next couple of days who the new head coach is going to be. Whether it's going to be Harbaugh, O'Connell, or D'Amico Ryan's. Um, I wouldn't mind any of those three, to be perfectly honest with you. And speaking of of Kevin O'Connell, now that we we're talking about him, he is currently um, he he's being courted by the Jacksonville Jaguars as well for the head coaching position. Um, so we don't we don't know. Um, last week we thought it was going to be Byron Leftwich. They did the Jags did interview Bucks uh, offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich, and he was expected to be signed as the head coach. But apparently Kevin O'Connell is now in the mix and they don't they haven't made a hire yet. Do you think Leftwich gets this job or do you think this is Kevin O'Connell's now? I think it's still might go to Leftwich. Yeah. And it's where it, I'm leaning. Yeah, I, I think it could. Um it's gonna be an interesting situation. I I, I don't know. Kevin O'Connell suddenly had a, has emerged as a uh, uh a really, you know high prospect as far as as a a head coach situation goes it's it's just a weird thing um i i really hope that that it it, i I really would like it to go to leftwich because that way it leaves all three of the vikings candidates on the table well because what 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 it could also do is it could also inadvertently force vikings to make a decision they're not ready for yeah it could because if if they feel strongly on 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 o'connell they could easily just go hey we're gonna take you. Just don't, just don't leave. Right, right. They're gonna, they're, gonna, they're gonna see him today. Yeah, that could be the case. And and I think one way that the Vikings got strong armed in a way. So the Bears did hire. We talked about it. The Bears hired former Kansas City Chiefs executive director of player personnel Ryan Poles as their new defense. As their new general manager. He was my first choice as far as the Vikings general manager position went. Um, he got hired on. Um, I, I think this is a great hire. Honestly, I, I thought he was the the top prospect. A lot of people were talking about like John Spytek from the Bucks and all these things. Nope, I I disagree with all that. I really think Ryan Poles was the 
you know, best primetime guy for, for a general manager position, didn't you? Yeah, well, they they made a they made a good 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 pick on that one for sure. Yeah, they they swept him right out from under the Vikings. The, he was actually supposed to come interview with the Vikings the next day. Bears didn't let him leave the building without an offer, and they made an offer he couldn't refuse. And Poles has already been making moves. He hired the Eagles director of player personnel, Ian Cunningham, as his new assistant general manager. You know, this is kind of an interesting move. I, I think the Eagles have had some personnel problems, to be perfectly honest with you. So I don't I don't know if I like that move. Um, kind of a weird one, isn't it? Yeah. I I don't know. I'm just not sold on it. I, I think they've had a lot of problems with, with different personnel and signing different personnel and, and finding different guys. I don't think they've hit on a lot of the drafts, and that's part of what he was responsible for, especially with the Jalen Rager draft you know i i don't know the eagles i have i have questions about it it, it was kind of a kind of a meh type of thing but uh he gets hired on but the bigger news um so the bears have hired colts defensive coordinator matt Eberflus as the head coach of their team this one was kind of unexpected but i think it's a good move don't you i i'm still kind of in between on, on this one I he he strikes me as a guy that'd be a good coordinator, not a head coach, and I I could be completely wrong on that. I just it it doesn't it's definitely not a sexy pick, and sexy. I don't I don't know that he's gonna be able to get the job. I don't know he's he's the right candidate to fix the Bears. Uh, yeah, they need an offensive mind to fix this team. Yeah, I don't know if he is. I it, it's kind of a weird thing. He he had really great defenses over there with Indianapolis. We, we know that the Indianapolis Colts have had good defenses for the last, you know, two years. Um, it's particularly in their secondary. They were really, really good. Um, surprised that they missed the playoffs this year, to be honest with you. I, I was a little taken aback by that. But, you know, they it, it's it, he made a really I, I thought he was like if there were six guys that you could have hired, I thought he was like number six. You know, and, and anything below that was just like, nah, don't don't hire that. But. I think he was about six on the list. I mean, if if I had to to say who who would be the best head coaching candidates, I mean, we're talking Doug Peterson, we're talking Jim Caldwell, we're we're talking Kevin O'Connell, we're talking and, Raheem Morris. We're talking, two of those guys are are not even on the radar anymore. It's it's weird. I'm not, I'm not sure what happened. With, yeah, we're, we're talking to Miko Ryan's, and then we're talking Matt Everflus, and and really after him, and, and really it's kind of a pissing match between him and and Nathaniel Hackett over who would be number six. I mean. It, I think those guys are kind of on equal ground, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. But and we'll we'll talk about Nathaniel Hackett in a second here. But Eberflus, I, I mean, it's not a bad hire. Um, obviously, Ryan Poles wanted a, a defensive guy, and and you know that's what he gets here. But they did make a couple other moves. They are interviewing the Giants' special teams coordinator Thomas McGahey for the uh, for the same position. So he would come over to the Bears as a special teams coordinator if he gets hired. Uh, you know, I think this is a a, um, a smart move given how the Giants special teams have actually been good. The Giants have had good special teams over the course of this guy's tenure um, over there. I think that's a smart play, don't you? Yeah, I think I think you're right in this one. It's been one of their, their shining spots, and for him to get an, an opportunity, I think it makes sense. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. And and then they, they also, and this is one I'm not a big fan of, Bears interviewing Jaguars wide receiver coach Sanjay Lal for the offensive coordinator job. The Jags wide receivers have not been good for several years now. I don't <laughs> know. 
I don't understand why you're interviewing this guy for an offensive coordinator position if his wide receivers have sucked, right? I This just doesn't make sense. I, I'm not even sure why his name is even being mentioned right now. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, what? And maybe on the chopping block. Yeah, he might. I don't know. I just think it's so dumb. I was like, what? what is this? It, it's really on board with that Patrick Graham interview. I, I don't get it. I really don't. I, I think this is just a bad interview. <laughs> it's just stupid. It's it, I feel like they're just wasting time. That's that's what I think it is. I, I think it's just a waste of time. If the guy is bad, he's bad. And and, and that's what it comes down to. Like, don't interview him. So it it, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, but, yeah, Ryan Poles over there making moves in Chicago. Fun stuff. Also, around the division, we've got stuff going on with the Packers here. Um, Aaron Rodgers has come out and said on his future, uh, anything is on the table. Uh, several reports have come out saying that he and Devontae Adams would love to play in Denver. Um, now, the Broncos, so earlier in the, it was last week, Aaron Rodgers had a sterling endorsement of Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator from the Packers. Um, and Nathaniel Hackett goes out and gets hired by the Broncos as head coach. So it, it brings up the question of whether or not, you know, the the um, uh, whether or not the the Packers are are. You know, like, I think they're going to lose Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he's going to want to play there. And it's either he's going to retire or get traded. It's one of the two. But I don't think he's going to be. And Rodgers has come out and said he doesn't want to be a part of a rebuild. And I don't blame him. But it's a weird thing that's going on here. And and you see the Broncos and, and they're poaching coordinators from the Broncos or from the Packers as well. The Broncos, they, they're expected to target the Packers tight end coach, uh, Jason Outen, as the offensive coordinator. The Packers were blocking that interview for a second there. Um, just a, a crazy, crazy thing going on there. And and they're expected to promote offensive line coach and run game coordinator Adam Stenovich to the offensive coordinator position with Nathaniel Hackett getting hired to the Broncos. And then to top it all off for the Packers, the Bears are expected to hire their QB coach, Luke Getz, as an offensive coordinator. So. I mean, they're just poaching right now. The Packers' whole organization is getting pulled apart. Um, what What do you make all this? Do you think Aaron Rodgers, and just so you know, Matt LaFleur did say he's hopeful to retain uh, Devontae Adams uh, prior to free agency, and he would love for Rodgers to be a Packer until the day he retires. But I don't think that happens. I think Aaron Rodgers is done as a Packer, and I think he's going to Denver here, don't you? Uh, he might, it's, it's looking like Denver seems to be the favorite right now. He, he might go there. I, I think there's better options, but I also think Denver would be a, a really good place for him to go. I think it's a smart play. I really do. And, and to be clear, I, I think Adams, Adams is kind of waiting to see what Rogers does and, you know, until he can decide where he wants to go. But I don't think the, the so Devonte Adams has come out and said that he's wanting $30 million. That's um, steep. Yeah. That's a steep contract for, for a wide receiver. And I get it. Devonte Adams, one of the best receivers in the league, but there aren't receivers out there that are making 30 mil. You're you're asking quarterback money. He's 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 basically asking for the um Patrick Mahomes of receiver deals. Yeah, and I I disagree with with that decision making there. I don't I don't think that's very smart on his end. 
if Rodgers goes to Denver, I don't think Denver extends him an offer. Do you? Uh, Adams? No, I do yeah, not. I, I think I think Rodgers comes in and they're going to be like, you're going to play with who we got. You oh, know? I see why he wants 30. That makes sense now. Why? Because um, 27 is the current highest paid going into next season with DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's fair. I, once you look at it from that perspective, I see why he wants it. I just don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it. Hopkins, I, Hopkins is more than likely, yeah, without doing the research, it, just, it had to have been a back-ended deal. Yeah, it, it would have had. I mean, he's gonna, he would have to stretch that out. You, you'd have to backload it, and at one point he would probably be making $45 million. <laughs> I mean that's that's insanity. It it really is. I I wouldn't do it. No, I, would, I think they got a good young receiving core as is. Yeah, yeah. I mean you're looking at Cortland, Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick because Sut, Sutton was playing very good football before uh, Bridgewater went down. Right. So I and I think Locke just really couldn't get the job done. I think Sutton could be that team's number one. I agree. I agree with that. I, I really think that that uh, if you put him with Aaron Rodgers, any of those three guys with Aaron Rodgers, I think they learn and I think they develop and they could have a really solid couple of years where they could really learn something because I think that's a, a tough thing when you're, you're not with good quarterbacks over there. And when you're not with good quarterbacks over there, you're not learning, you're not developing, you're just kind of trying to make plays. And and there are certain guys that that, yeah, they're quarterback proof, but then at the same time, when you're so young in this league, I think you really have to develop a rapport with quarterbacks and you understand a little more when you play with an elite player like Aaron Rodgers. Am I right? hundred percent. Yeah. And I, that's what I think it is. And and so if he goes over to Denver, I do think Denver is going to wind up being a contender immediately uh, in those situations. So we, we could see uh, Aaron Rodgers in Denver. Pittsburgh is also on the table there. So who knows, but I know that there are teams that are in on the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes <laughs> coming up here and and that'll be uh very entertaining also for the packers um they're interviewing uh colt i'm sorry for the bears rather because i forgot to mention it they're interviewing colt safeties coach alan williams for the defensive coordinator job um you know again colts have had really really good uh, uh secondary i think Eberflus is a defensive coach and he's looking to bring his guys uh, that understand his system, which is smart on his end. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know that that the Bears are going to be competitive unless they get themselves an, a really great offensive mind over there to be OC. And I think they're looking at all the wrong places. Don't you? I totally agree. Yeah, I, I really do think they're looking at all the wrong places. I mean, when you're talking about bringing in a a tight ends coach or something as your offensive coordinator, I'm like, mm, I don't know how I feel about that. Also in Bronco land, um, they're interviewing the Ravens assistant coach, Anthony Weaver, for their defensive coordinator situation. So, I mean, how do you feel about that? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, Weaver's okay. I, I don't think Ravens are going to lose sleep over losing him. No, I don't think so either. I, I don't think he's, he's um, really a big deal, to be perfectly honest with you. I think he's, he's an assistant coach that eh, he was just kind of there, you know, and, and I, I don't think he was ever in, in a position where he was actually a coordinator or anything like that. He was just an assistant coach. Or, yeah, I, it's almost like a substitute teacher. <laughs> That's kind of how I look at yeah. it, you know? So he winds up uh, interviewing for their DC position. So we'll, we'll see if, if he leaves town, but um, 
Then yesterday we had an offensive or well, a head coach position uh, news break there as I was as I was driving to the gender reveal for my children, my two unborn children. Uh, the Giants hire Bills offensive coordinator Brian DeBall as the head coach. Um, they're also targeting Bills quarterback coach Ken Dorsey for an offensive coordinator position. The Giants have been in this weird limbo. I think this is the right hire. I think this is smart. Um, we we talked about them. They hired uh, uh, general manager Joe Schoen, and Joe Schoen had a really nice introductory presser, and both jo- uh, the owner, John Mara, uh, Joe Schoen, they both backed Daniel Jones in a big way in that introductory presser. John Mara stated that the Giants have failed to build around Daniel Jones and failed him in every way since he got to New York, just owning it, just owning it. I thought that was impressive. They said that they're going to stand by Daniel Jones as the starter of the New York Giants for the long term, and they expect Brian DeBall to be the guy that brings them to the promised land. He also, John Mara also shut down um, the Deshaun Watson trade talk because that was uh, running around in the league. What do you make of this, Tyler? Is is Daniel Jones the guy, or is he just a bum at this point? And do you think Brian DeBall can turn it around? I think he's a bum, but I I, I do support trying to with a new with a new coach, giving it one year to see if you can turn it around. Yeah, I I'm with you there. I think Brian DeBall is is the guy to do it to. I think he's he's perfect for that situation, don't you? Yes. Yeah, I I do too. I I think he's going to be awesome. Uh, it was a smart move, and I I also like the move that he's making of bringing in his quarterbacks coach, who is really responsible for developing uh, uh, Josh Allen over there in Buffalo. I thought that was a really really smart decision on his end. I I you know you could see Daniel Jones develop and and really Daniel Jones there have been you know, I, I don't I do think that they have failed him from a coaching perspective in New York for a while. I mean you're you're talking about Joe Judge and Ben McAdoo and all these fucking nobodies and and poor Daniel Jones is sitting there with with these horrible coaching staffs. Now he's going to wind up in a situation where where he's going to get the attention that he needs and there have been a, a, a several situations and I'm not going to say he is like that he is as good as Josh Allen but there have been moments where I felt like Daniel Jones was playing like Josh Allen with with the mobility and I mean we saw him take off one time and and granted he tripped over his own feet but we saw him take off for what was like an 80 yard run one time I just I really think da- Daniel Jones He's got the right head coach in this situation if they're going to develop him in any way. I think this is a great signing. And if he doesn't work out, you know that Brian DeBall is going to go looking for his quarterback in the future. And there are a few guys in this draft, even in this draft, that in a week, which is a weak quarterback class, that he could pick up that I really think could be the, the quarterback of the future for the Giants, right? Yeah, I, I, I think it's a possibility. Yeah. I, I do too. I it's it's just a no brainer. This was a smart hire, and and Brian DeBall stays in New York. There were inklings of him possibly being the guy in Miami, but uh, yeah, the the Giants poached him. So there's that. Um, speaking of of guys uh, guys getting let go and kept, uh, the Titans purged their coaching staff this week. They went and fired. Their linebackers coach, uh, Jimmy Hazlitt, who we've heard be- that name before plenty of times around the league. 
Uh, their special teams co assistant special teams coach, Matt Edwards, the assistant defensive line coach, Kenechi Udeze, and then the assistant strength and conditioning coach, Monday Gee. All those guys gone. The interesting thing in this whole situation is for some strange reason, they are retaining their offensive coordinator, Todd Downing, who has been under fire all season long. What do you make of this? It, I mean, I, I do think it was the smart move getting rid of their linebackers coach after what we saw um, the, the Bengals do in this last game. They targeted those linebackers over the middle when Joe Burrow threw the football. Joe Burrow had a, a decent stat line in this game um, in spite of not getting in the, the end zone a whole lot. I mean, Burrow had 348 yards, and a majority of his passes were right in the middle of those linebackers all game long. Um, I think this is the smart play, right? It is, but I also feel like there's a level of uh, reactionary firing without thinking. Yeah, going on. Um, the linebacker coach, yeah, it makes sense, but it seems like they're 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 being very reactionary and and not taking a step back and and evaluating. Yeah, I I think so too. I think the the I thought the linebacker spoke. I I think Jimmy Hazlitt, which. I was surprised that they got rid of Jimmy Hazlitt because he's been around in this league for a long time. But at the same time, looking at, at what he did with that team as far as making their linebackers like one-trick ponies, they were all just blitzing linebackers and not one of them could could cover if their life depended on it. And and it it, it got exposed in the playoffs and against a team really, to be honest with you, after sacking Joe Burrow nine freaking times, you should win that game. So... They 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 failed and and Todd Downing also he failed um, and I'm surprised they re, they retained him as the offensive coordinator to be perfectly honest with you I mean are you as surprised as I am Yeah I am I'm I'm just I'm amazed by that it it just seems silly it, it seems like a silly move I think they should have moved on from him and started digging around for a new one and then also we had an interview go on for the Houston Texans they're having a second interview. And God damn it, Tyler, I hate it. Former quarterback <laughs> Josh McCown, uh, he's he's having a second interview with the Texans for the head coaching position. What the hell are we doing here, Tyler? I love it. What? I love it. Why? Because he's going to be twice the coach that Byron Bry Nuffwich is. You really think he's going to be that good? I I think he's – well, Byron Nuffwich hasn't been a head coach yet, but I, I think he's got tons more potential than Nuffwich does. Really? Just the I I think the I think the guy's a uh, is a football mastermind. He's seen so many different different offenses. He 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 knows the game very well. He's the epitome of that player that if you can't if you can't do, do it, coach. I think now, we haven't seen him do it yet, but I I I have confidence. Well, I guess my understanding is is that he is really really good buddies with the the president of the Texans, and. Um, you know, that's why he's getting all these interviews. I don't think he's qualified. I, I don't really buy him at all. I've, I've never no, bought him. I wouldn't him. mind seeing him as a quarterback's coach first. Yeah. But I feel like um he, he's been on teams as a player and has done done well at helping to coach these younger players that he's played with. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I, I just, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I just think it's a, a bad decision. He was a bad quarterback. I think he needs to be a coordinator first. I think they're just I mean, so was Leftwich. Yeah, well, well Leftwich was a bad quarterback, but at least he's shown that he's a good coordinator. I mean, or or a good quarterback's coach. He's he's been around as as a coordinator. I think these teams know that 
that um McCown's a good courier because he's kind of played that role from the backup job for half his career. I, I don't buy it. I just don't, and I'm I'm waiting for him to fall on his face. And if he proves me wrong, good on him. But I just, yeah, and, and, and I'll eat that shit burger if I'm wrong on this. Right? I I think he's gonna do well. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I'm, I'm hoping for his sake that he proves me wrong, but I I don't know. Now I, I will say that um, while well, I think he's gonna do well, I mean, he's probably picking one of the hardest assignments to start with. Yeah, <laughs> it was a bad choice. Bad choice on on uh, on uh, his his end but man that that's just ugly um also the raiders have put in a request to interview offensive coordinator josh mcdaniel for the uh head coaching position he's why the head... are we still doing this i don't know <laughs> i don't know you you uh, want you what you want to become number three of teams that he that he's agreed to go to and, and then back out yeah and then backed out at the last second to go back to the patriots i don't understand josh mcdaniels and i don't understand the idea of teams still interviewing him i just think it's silly it's a waste of time. I don't think Josh McDaniels has been – he was not good as a head coach before. Um, I don't think he's going to be good as a head coach. I don't think he's good uh, – and he's, he's a good – is he a good coordinator? Yeah, good offensive coordinator. He's been good for the Patriots for a while. I think he just needs to stay put, don't you? Yes. Yeah, I I, I think he just stay – just stay in New England, bro. Stay with fucking Belichick until he retires and I then, don't want to be talking about you canceling on a team because Belichick begged you to come back again. Exactly. Exactly. It just doesn't make sense. Um, also in Raider land, just so we're, we're covering it while we're on them, uh, the former Raiders first round quarter, corner, and, and he's also a Chiefs defensive back uh, now, Damon Arnett, he was released by the Chiefs after being arrested on Friday night on two counts of assault with a deadly weapon, carrying a concealed weapon without a permit, and two counts of possession of a controlled substance. Um, he was released earlier in the year by the Raiders uh, for, um, you know, basically accosting somebody with a gun on video and waving it around um, and threatening somebody. It, just a mess. This this kid's NFL career is over, right? I I think it might be. Yeah. I somebody he, might give him a shot at practice squad. That's the, that's the new thing we do now. Yeah. But. I, I don't think he was a very good selection in the first round anyway. I think the Raiders made a big, big mistake doing that, and he didn't look good when he came onto the Raiders. Um, John Gruden made it's just crazy John Gruden doing crazy John Gruden things, and uh, that's that's kind of what we got in that situation. So, yeah, he he was arrested. I, I think he's done in the NFL. This is very typical of the Ohio State players, though. Am I right? This is this is becoming a, a very common thing among them. Uh I don't know if I go that far with it, but we've had we've had a couple that that's been a trend last little bit. Yeah, and then also uh, Raiders corner Nate Hobbs he pled not guilty to a reduced here he pled guilty to a reduced traffic charge uh, stemming from his DUI from earlier in the month. So it's been a, it's a lesser charge. He has to pay a fine. It's not going to be on. A, I think it's a misdemeanor rather than the felony DUI. Um, so he gets away with one there. And uh, winds up getting a misdemeanor on his record. He's obviously been the best corner that the Raiders have um, all season long. He was at one point the number six corner in the entire league. He got lucky there, right? I mean, because he could have lost everything. Yeah, I, I think it's still going to be a blemish, but he definitely got lucky. He got lucky, and I think I think moving forward. I think Nate Hobbs is going to wind up in a in a situation where he gets a long term deal as long as he keeps playing well and he keeps his move, nose clean moving forward because I think he's going to get paid if he keeps playing on this level, right? 
if if he if he remains playing on that level, definitely. But yeah. we'll see how things go these next two seasons are gonna be critical. Yeah, I, that's I agree. Um, next up, the Panthers. They go out and hire former Browns and Bears special teams coordinator Chris Tabor as the new special co- teams coordinator to replace Chase Blackburn. Um, you know, Tabor's been in the league since 2008. He was responsible for coaching Devin Hester, Josh Cribbs, Cordero Patterson. Um, obviously, he was responsible for coaching uh, Robbie Gold, who went uh, eventually would go to um, uh, San Francisco, and he's obviously in the playoffs right now. He's playing today in the, the NFC title game. And Robbie Gold's been very good since he went to San Francisco, and and uh, he he was good. I mean, a lot of the Bears kickers have been really good for a long time. I like this hire. I think the the Panthers had a lot of special teams problems, and this guy is going to be there, and he's going to go and fix them, right? Maybe. Only maybe. Maybe I'm going to say maybe. Why I, maybe? I don't. There's just something in my gut that just that just tells me that that, that it's not going to go well. It just screams double doink to you. Yeah, I, <laughs> and I I like I like I like him. Just yeah. it's like you said, I mean, Gold's been he's been solid every season he's been with 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 the Niners. Yeah, and Gold I, was I, great I, in Bears. And really, I thought Gold was all right with the Bears. I I didn't think he was he was very bad with them. He had one bad season, I think, got released, and then went to the Niners and was good, right? Yeah, it's it, plus it's you know it's it's one of it's one of them things. Um, kickers more than any other position get defined by that one kick yeah and whether it's their fault or not is turns out to be uh irrelevant and it sucks but it it's part of it yeah like, we saw it with dan carlson well even before that i mean it's for me it was uh blair walsh blair walsh was a very good kicker yeah he gets defined by that kick that seattle kick uh Billy Cudniff, Pro Bowl kicker. He got yep. defined by that kick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it happens all the it's time. unfair. And you probably still want to throw darts at Blair Walsh's face, but Blair Walsh was a very good kicker. Yeah, he was. In, in his time with Minnesota, for the most part, he was a good kicker. And he missed, he missed that chip shot against Seattle, and then the next season he was bad. But, you know, it's like you said, they get defined by that kick. I think Robbie Gold got defined by by some bad kicks with Chicago, and and he got in one bad season, and and he got sent over to to Chicago, to San Francisco, and and you know he's done quite well for himself in San Francisco. Um, wasn't they, Cody Parkey decent too before Double Doink happened? Yeah, Cody Parkey was good too. I mean, and and they they've been he's he's been really really good for for Cleveland and for for uh, uh, Chicago. I, they've always had good kickers in those places. So I, I think this is a smart move. I think he he fixes a lot of things. And also in the kick return game, he's been good. Because as a special teams coordinator, he's, he, like I said, he coached Devin Hester. He coached Cordero Patterson. But but yeah, on that level, you know, you can't blame anybody for the, the, the missed kicks. But I, I don't know. I just, I'm not ready to say that he's going to make a great special teams guy yet. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll have to, we'll wait and see. I think so far, the track record speaks for him, you know, with the guys that he's, he's coached and. I, I would agree. You know, and the, not only did the guys he coached, but those guys aren't going to be good unless the scheme is good. So I, I really think that this this is, um, you know, a, a really good hire in my opinion. But we'll we'll see how it works out in Carolina. 
Um, also, uh, Cowboys owner and GM Jerry Jones, he has expressed frustration with wide receiver Amari Cooper, saying he hasn't been playing at an elite level and uh, that makes defenses honor him. And he should be taking up half of the field when he's running a route. And a whole bunch of that defense should have to honor Cooper. Um, you know, Jones is obviously uh, very upset about the 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 way like um, Amari Cooper is playing for some reason, even though he had a really good game recently. Uh, and and Jones has been very vocal in in several other things. And last week he was talking about Mike McCarthy, and everybody thought that Mike McCarthy wasn't going to be with the Cowboys. Um, Jones also said on that that same podcast, that same radio show. That uh, uh, you know, Mike McCarthy's status is never in, was never in question, even though everybody thought it was when he said he was very disappointed. What's your take on this? I mean, it, you know, I, I Jerry really, Jones is a spaz. I do. I think he's now. A spaz. While I agree that the uh, Amari Cooper did not had had a, had a slight regression this year. Um, when you have two very good receivers. It is stupid to ask for one player to um, take half the field because you have two elite players. That's the kind of thing you ask when you have one player that's just done. The rest are just mediocre. Right. Um, when you have two to three good players, defenses – well, good defenses are going to watch everybody. Yeah. Um, that's the kind of thing like Lions with Calvin. Like, yes, Calvin should take half the field. I agree. Or – or uh, AJ Green when he, it was just him in in, in uh, Cincy. Yeah, yeah. But you ain't I, gonna get that when you have it when you have arguably the best, but for sure one of the best duos in football. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm with you there. Um, I, I think Amari Cooper. Uh, I I believe that he is. Um, he's one of those guys right now, and he's he's getting paid a lot of money. I do think he's a little overpaid. Given the situation, um, I don't think, and and he has had a regression in his stats this past season. Uh, I, I so I do think Amari Cooper was a, a bit is a bit overpaid, and they should be restructuring him or planning on restructuring him. But yeah, um, I, I don't know. I I, eh, I I don't know. I I I don't think you should be saying well, he should be taking up half the field, and he needs to. Um, that's a that's a that's a gross overstatement. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. So. Yeah, I, I think um, I think Amari Cooper, you know, he, he should be pissed a little bit, I think. But you, I don't think they're going to trade him at all. I, I think it's going to be a restructure situation, and they're going to extend him, but they're going to restructure him. But, yeah, they, they don't want him taking up all that cap space. But if Jerry Jones is so pissed, you might see the Cowboys go out and draft a, a receiver. Now, do you think Mike McCarthy's status was in question going into this year, or was it just Jerry Jones spazzing out? It was just Jerry Jones spazzing out. Yeah, um, that would be the that would be the the dumbest firing almost of all time. Like like he, they had a good year. They had the number one offense. Right, I agree. And I think points and yards. I I think it's just him spazzing out too. I think that's a mess. Um. Also, the Cowboys' defensive coordinator Dan Quinn. He was out there interviewing for different head coaching positions. He's informed teams that he is returning to the Cowboys in 2022. Uh, he's going to receive an extension with the Cowboys there. So. Yeah, that that's a uh, um, an interesting thing. I, I think it's it's uh, kind of smart on on the Cowboys' end to extend him. I thought he was a great defensive coordinator for them this past season, and I think that's right where he belongs in that coordinator situation. A lot of teams are considering him for a head coaching position, including the Vikings, Cowboys, and everybody else. 
I don't think he's ready to be a head coach. I think he's a permanent coordinator, and that's how he needs to stay. You might be right on that. I think so. You know, uh, it, it's um, it, it's I, I just I think he needs to stay there. I, I, I think and the Cowboys defense was so good. They were so good this year. They were a top 10 defense. I mean, you can, just, and you, you can give that credit to Dan Quinn as much as I hate giving him credit, but he's a good coordinator. Yeah, I agree. So there's that. Um, next up, we've got uh, the and, and this one was kind of a, a, a happy story for me. The New Orleans Saints coach, Peyton, Sean Payton, he retires after 15 seasons. Um, I'm happy about it because I hate the Saints and I'm kind of dancing all over that grave. How much of this do you think was Sean Payton like? Yeah, we have no cap space, and I don't have a. I don't have, have no a quarterback. Back, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm just gonna call it. <laughs> I, that's what I think it was. Don't you? I think it was. I I think it's totally recent. I'm I'm jumping off this ship. I'm I'm not gonna sink with it and ruin my legacy because Taysom Hill's a shitty quarterback. <laughs> I I think it's a lot of it is he knows they're gonna have to sell parts, and I I think he knows that that a lot of uh, you know. They're, they're going to have to sell parts and they're going to have to, to, you know, um, uh, they're, they're going to be in a situation where, where they're going to, they're going to go, uh, Oh, you know, we, we got to get below the cap. I think right now they're, they're pushing 60 million over the cap. I, they're, they're going to be an, it's actually, it's almost 70 million. So they're going to be in absolute shambles. I'm dancing all over that grave. Cause I hate the saints and I hate Sean Payton and his butthole looking mouth. So I, I don't ever want to deal with Sean Payton ever again. But there are things there is this concept that everybody believes that he's going to wind up being the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. How likely do you think that is? Very unlikely. You think so? You think he's yeah. permanently done? Oh, I don't know about permanently, but he ain't going to be the Cowboys anytime soon. McCarthy's the guy. A lot of people think that that McCarthy's going to get fired after this season because Jerry Jones expressed his frustration so badly, and that Sean Payton is going to go wind up going over to the Cowboys. Do you, do you think that? I, no, I can't see it. I I think once Jerry Jones calms down, he's going to realize that his team was damn good, and he should be thanking Mike McCarthy. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I think Mike McCarthy is a good coach, and they should have had him there. Um, we also had a, another guy retiring. Uh, Eagles guard Brandon Brooks retires after ten seasons. I mean, he was a good player for a long time. Yes. And and I, I think that they they uh they're gonna miss him really, really bad. They are trying to keep uh uh Jason Kelsey there uh to play center. Uh their their head coach, uh, uh Nick Sirianni said or not Nick Sirianni, um their head coach over there with, with the uh the Eagles did what is it Sirianni? I don't remember. But he did send it say he sent him uh uh two kegs of beer to Kelsey because their offensive line is just going downhill. Um, do you think that, that the, do you think that uh, the Eagles, yes, it is Nick Sirianni. Do you think that he's going to be able to retain the level of success that they're having with the current quarterback situation? And do you think that they're going to be able on the offensive side of the football to, to maintain uh, uh, being a playoff team or a near playoff team losing those two big I, pieces? On I that do. Off- I do. I, th- I think they're going to figure it out because I hate, don't want to do it, but I'm I'm on the bandwagon of uh, Hurst is going to finish as the top ten quarterback next season. Wow, that's balls. I, I think he's made enough of an improvement that he's going to make that same jump again. Do Do I put that in your bold predictions? Do Do I Do I just write that down now? Well, well, 
we're going to get to my bold predictions that we did for this season during uh, Pro Bowl week, so we'll need some stuff to talk about. But uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna marry that that uh, decision yet. <laughs> but but I do think that um the progression he made from his rookie season to this season made me and you both look stupid. Yeah, yeah, I I, I do think that he he actually he progressed throughout the season and he looked bad early on and then came alive late and then, and he looked really good in that situation. So I we'll we'll see. We'll see how he how he turns out. And but I mean, losing those two, those are big pieces off of that, that offensive line, right? Yes. Yeah, I I'm, I believe that. And um, the Washington football team, they went out, went out and signed uh, linebacker David Mayo to a one-year extension. The terms were undisclosed. I like this signing. I think it's smart. Don't I like you? it too. Mayo Mayo is very good. Good player. Good linebacker. It was a smart play. Uh, also, the Atlanta Falcons, they are eager to make a trade to send wide receiver Calvin Ridley elsewhere. Now, Ridley has expressed that he's currently unhappy with the Falcons. He left about midway through the season to address his mental health issues, he said. And and I, I really think that Calvin Ridley could be beneficial to a team that needs a receiver. I can see. I, I do, too. But I, I also think teams need a commitment that, that he's in a good mental state. Yeah. I agree. I, th- I think they need that, and and it could could be a, a a tough sell for the Falcons to to trade him. I do think they get a first for him. Do you? Oh, 100 percent. If he's if he if he can show that he's in a good mental state and ready to play, he definitely gets goes for a first. Yep, I agree. And uh, we've got some injury news around the around the league surrounding the upcoming games here for today. Uh, the Bengals defensive end Cam Sample, he's doubtful to play on Sunday versus the Chiefs in the AFC title game. I think that's kind of a big loss given given how good that uh, Bengals pass rush has been, especially off the edges, right? It yeah, it definitely hurts, but it wouldn't be as big of a hurt as if they lost another O lineman right now. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with that. Um, also in that game, Chief Safety Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, he's expected to play in uh, in today's game versus the Bengals. Um, that's a big boon for for the Chiefs. There, getting it him is. But Matthew hasn't been like game changing this year. He's had a down year. Has he really? In my just watching him play I, last year, he was very good. I just feel like this year he's been meh. Just meh. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they, I, let's see. I, yeah, he's I, definitely I he's definitely a, a boost to have back, but not the same way that he that that he was the season prior. Yeah, I guess I can agree with that. And, tw- and well, actually, he's actually been better this year than he was last year. Really? And yeah, 2021, he's got a 67.3 PFF grade. 2020, 64.1. Um, his his last great year, and I'm I'm trying was to year was in 2019 when he had a 75.3 PFF grade. So he has had a decline over the last two years, but. Um, yeah, it is still a down year for him. He's uh, still he's still worthy to have on that field, though. Like I'm oh, not going to say say that, but it's just not been the the Matthew of old. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, in 2018 he had a 78.1. So it, he's been gradually kind of moving his way down uh, the ladder there. But yeah, he's he's um, going to wind up uh, back on the field. He cleared concussion protocol, so he'll be back out there. Um, and also Chiefs running back Daryl Williams, he's listed as questionable for today's game against the Bengals with a toe injury. You know, I think I got to be honest with you. I really like Derek Gore better than Daryl Williams, don't you? 
I do. I Williams ain't bad, but Gore's been like playing in these. In, he plays well when he gets called on. He doesn't get called on very often. Yeah, and he's and he's a bulldozer. He's a big nasty bulldozer, and and I think he's just he's more than capable of handling that situation. I I just. I don't know. I think Derek Gore should be the starting running back over there. I'm not as big on Daryl Williams. And, uh, yeah, I, I, um, you know, yeah, I, I think, I don't think it's a, a huge loss if he doesn't play today. If Derek, if Derek Gore winds up taking over the starting role, but they do still have Clyde Edwards Hilaire over there who I don't like either. I think Derek Gore is better than all three of them. So, the, but Edwards Hilaire is the better change of pace guy. I, th- I think Gore and Hilaire could be that combo that we've talked about. Yeah. If they, if they, switch roles, then I'm fully on board with Derek Gore being the, the lead back with the change of pace guy being Edwards Hilaire. That's that's how I think it should be, but we'll see. Um, also in the other game, in the NFC title game, the 49ers left tackle Trent Williams. His x-rays on his injured ankle came up negative, which is good. Uh, he expects to play Sunday in the NFC title game versus the Rams, despite the questionable tag. Uh, he did participate in walkthroughs on Thursday and Friday. He fully expects to play We'll see if he will, but um, yeah, he's he's expected to be out there. Uh, I think that's 100% necessary if the 49ers expect to win this football game, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's the best tackle in the league right now. Also, the 49ers running back Jeff Wilson is listed as questionable for Sunday's NFC title game versus the Rams with an ankle injury. You know, Jeff Wilson, even though he's a backup, let me explain something. All of those Niners running backs are effective when they're on the field, I don't give a shit if it's they're running back. That running backs coach should be a, should be a coordinator next year. Oh yeah, he should be an OC somewhere. And and then I don't know why people haven't been talking more about him. But yeah, that that they're just killing it on the running back side. Um, on the Rams side, wide receiver Van Jefferson. He's listed as questionable for Sunday's game in um, against the Niners with a shoulder injury. You know, he's technically been sort of. I guess he's kind of the number three, but Jan, Van Jefferson's been been responsible for some big catches in these playoffs for the Rams and throughout the season. Um, there's there have been some moments where Van Jefferson has come up with some key catches. Uh, I, I think this is kind of a loss if he doesn't play against the Niners, especially a Niners team that has such an ailing secondary. But that pass rush has been so big. Stafford's going to need all the targets he can get. He needs yes. every receiver out there, right? One hundred percent. Yeah, uh, that's where I'm at. I that's what I think. I they're really going to need him. And also, last but not least, the Rams safety Taylor Rapp is listed as questionable for Sunday's NFC title matchup versus the Niners um, uh, because he remains under concussion protocol. We haven't gotten word on whether or not he's going to play. We're going to wait and see. But yeah, he's been under concussion protocol for the last two weeks, so it must have been a pretty nasty concussion he suffered. Um, but yeah, he's, he's listed as questionable. We'll see if he plays. And that is our news throughout the, or, uh, for the last week here. Now, Tyler, we've got some predictions to get to, and we've got bold predictions to get to. How many bold predictions are we, am I giving you per game this week? We'll just do the one because it's, because we, we, we can't even seem to hit one. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, well, we'll, we'll go into this, um, this situation. So the first game, here are your predictions for uh uh yeah, what I can what we what we can't say after divisional round because of how it all shook out. Um no matter what happens here, even if you were to take just purposely take the teams I don't take, you will come short. Yeah, I will be. And and so Tyler is our official 
champion of champions this undefeated year. still undefeated for the last four seasons <laughs> eventually i'm gonna beat this guy eventually i will i i, I don't know when but eventually but what I'm, i what i will say is it's always close yeah yeah we're always pretty close on it we're always within a couple so of it's, games. Not, it's not like it's just like this some dominating fashion here it's always close like it's gonna it's within four right now <laughs> one of these times i'm gonna i'm gonna find a way to beat you though that's that's gonna happen <laughs> but but um we we've got some some fun games. First up, the Chiefs and the Bengals. Chiefs are favored. That game's at three o'clock today. You know, I'm going uh, um, Chiefs. So I, I, that's what I'm gonna roll with. I'm I'm going Chiefs. You know, I want to take the Bengals really bad. I want I the Bengals. Really to- do. I'm pulling for the Bengals because I think the Chiefs are gonna be better for longer so like Chiefs will be back here very easy I think Bengals are going to have a harder time getting back here right so but if the Bengals can do what they did to the Chiefs in week 17 we, we have a game but they have to be that on because if, if the Chiefs do anything like they did last week this is going to get bad yeah but, yeah but the Chiefs or the Bengals did prove they can do it yeah they were in a shootout with the Chiefs not more than a month ago yeah, they were. And it was a great game. It came down to the last second field goal, and, and the Bengals pulled it off. Um, this, this could be a good game. I'm going Chiefs here, and, and I, I just, I don't know. I, I just, I believe that, that this game is going to wind up being a high-scoring affair, and as long as it is, you know, it's, it's going to be great. I think. Are you, are you, are you going to say your bold prediction is uh, over 100 points scored? No. No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, I am going to say that I, I I'm I really I'm going to say that Jamar Chase will go for 200 yards in this football game receiving. Um, I really believe that, and I think that Joe and I'm going to throw another one out there. I think Joe Burrow will throw for over 400 yards in spite of getting sacked over 10 times in this football game. Ten sacks. Ten sacks. He will hit double digits in this game. I'm going to say both quarterbacks have 400 yards and four touchdowns. Wow. Wow. Looking for Each, not combined. Each, yeah. Yeah. Balls. So I'm, I'm, I'm calling 800 yards and eight touchdowns. Yeah. There it is. And then the next game, the other, the other matchup here. Rams and Niners. Uh, this one has been highly debated. The Rams are favored, but let's make something clear here. The Niners have beaten the Rams, what is it, six straight times now? A lot yes. of people are, we're all kind of questioning, you know, whether or not Matt Stafford can exercise the demon of the Niners. I don't think so. I'm going with the 49ers in this game. And I will say that Jimmy Garoppolo will have a better stat line. He will have more yards, he will have more touchdowns, and he will have less interceptions than Matthew Stafford in this game. Wow. Yep. I went there. (laughs) Wow. Yep. I am going to take the Rams. Mm -hmm. But the Rams only score 10 points to win the game. Wow, you're low-scoring affair. Actually, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, Rams are going to win. When It's going to be 10-10. Rams are going to put up 13. They're, they're going to win the field goal at the end. 
those last seconds. Still, I'm, I'm still calling for a very low-scoring game. Defensive affair, though. Yes. Hard Ooh. defense. Under Ooh. 300 total yards for everybody. Wow. Wow. And um, those are our predictions for, for the conference championship game, uh, both the conference championship games, conference championship week. We've got next week we've got the Pro Bowl, which, hey, who gives a shit? But, it should be Super Bowl week. Like I'm so used to the first weekend of February being Super Bowl weekend. Yeah, it's I know. not. It's throwing I, I me off here. Remember when they used to do the Pro Bowl after the after? season? After the, the game mattered more then. Yeah, I think they should do it after the season's over, and then they should make it for like, hey, if you win this game, you know that conference gets home field advantage. You know, something like that. But the no. problem is, is they is there, they they have the Super Bowl like location picked out like two years in advance, so it's hard to do that. Right, right, right. Uh, my problem is, is that that they, you know, even if you did that, okay, the so and so won in 2022. Okay, 2025, it's the NFC. You know, and and do it that way. You know, you you say what? Even if it was just small enough to where, say, the winner of the Pro Bowl, mm-hmm. when the Super Bowl comes around the next season, that side there is no coin toss. That side won the coin toss. Right. <laughs> yeah. Even something that minor, at least put something on the line. Yeah, put something on the line. Make people want to watch it, and make the players want to play. You know, and I that mean, include so, so hold on, like that would include the overtime coin toss as well. Yeah, that yeah. that people might play for that. They might. They might. Who knows? It seems so minor, but I mean, look at with, with, with the current rules, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but this this whole this whole Pro Bowl thing between the the Super Bowl, I don't like it. Um, but February thirteenth, whoever wins these two games will meet on February thirteenth. Um, I'm stoked for Super Bowl Sunday. I'm I'm ready for it. And then we start getting into our favorite time of the year. I'm going to be starting to talk draft prospects next week. I I do have a a special edition, even though it's it's we won't have a Tyler's top ten technically, but I'm going to bring a a Freytown's forgotten five of. Um, some uh, prospects at different positions throughout the course of each episode. I really want to talk about some of these guys because they, they do deserve a little limelight and we can start talking about uh, who's going to be coming out of the first round. Um, and, and there are certain spots in this, this uh, draft, this upcoming draft that are very strong in certain positions, but not very strong at others. It's going to be a very defensive oriented draft though. I'm going to tell you that outside of obviously the wide receiver position, it's going to be a very defensive oriented draft and, and I'm all fired up for it. Aren't you? It's very defensive heavy. It's I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, this will, it'll be an interesting one. This is one of those first times where we haven't had a, a draft where a quarterback or the, there's not like a marquee player as number one. It's a lot you, of, you very- could theoretically um, for the first time have no quarterback go in the top 10. Yeah. Theoretically, that that could happen. I, I think I think they'll balk. I think they'll chicken out, and someone's going to take a quarterback in the top ten. But it, realistically, from a ranking standpoint, none should. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think Kyle Pickett from from Pitt is probably going to wind up being the guy that goes in the uh, goes in the top ten. That's the most common name. But we'll we'll find out. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna wind up going through those those guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring Freytown's forgotten five for each each position. Um, on each show so we can kind of showcase some of those guys that are going to be going very excited for the draft around the corner very excited for free agency time very excited for the Super Bowl so we got we got a big couple of months ahead of us 
And and don't forget, folks, you know, I know after the Super Bowl, we usually go once every two weeks is is we go biweekly. So we we'll be we'll be back after the Super Bowl, the, the week after the Super Bowl, but then after that, we're gonna be going uh, every other week for a little while until we um jump back into the season and we start going weekly again. But uh yeah, we'll still be here, we'll still be delivering news, we'll still be talking about stuff. Um, it's gonna be a fun time, a fun, fun time. Um, so Tyler. Thanks for being here. I appreciate it. I know you're a busy man. You've got that wild child over there. <laughs> I know you're busy being dad. So I, I know it's been a uh, a long go. I know that that you and Aaron are, uh, and you got that that wonderful wife over there expecting as well. So um, busy man, very very busy man. Glad you glad you uh, make time for this every week to to be on board. And uh, yeah, I, I do it live and in person with different co-hosts. <laughs> what an asshole <laughs> what a fucking asshole but uh yeah we're we're excited yeah. folks we my doctor said to reduce stress in my life oh so you, you just said eh, fuck that scott guy huh it's helping <laughs> so but folks thank you so much for listening and uh I want to give a quick shout out to our 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 sponsors over at It's Your Time Massage. Check Amanda out at iytmassage.com. She is the most wonderful massage therapist out there. Um, iytmassage.com, or you can check it out at Facebook at It's Your Time Massage LLC. So you can uh, get yourself a massage. It's your time, baby. Get that massage. Also, quick shout out to Face Kicked Apparel. Uh, the boys over there, uh, Sean Stockmeyer over there at facekickedapparel.com. You can get you all your custom shirts, hoodies. Hats, pants, you pick it, he sticks it over at facekickedapparel.com. And, uh, folks, thank you so much for listening. Next week, we will be right back here with all kinds of Pro Bowl and Super Bowl tidbits for you uh, right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com.